Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn over to the book of 1 Kings chapter 10. It's good to see everybody in the house of God here tonight. Amen. Everybody looks so lovely. I just love what I feel in the house of God. Man, I love it. I love it. I love it. Hallelujah. 1 Kings chapter number 10. As was already mentioned, let's continue to keep the Deathridge family in prayer. Uh, little baby Memphis, uh, they, they were thinking she was going to come, but it looks like she's being stubborn. And I don't know which parent she gets it from, but it's all good. So they were able to, they were able to be discharged and go home today. And, and uh, she's only 35 weeks, so they're hoping that baby Memphis will be just a little more stubborn, stay in there a little longer. And, uh, but just continue to pray for them, and uh, they, they appreciate all your calls, texts, just uh, love from the church. Amen. Anybody thankful to be a part of the church? Hallelujah. The church is a wonderful entity that just, just loves one another. Amen. Hallelujah. First Kings chapter 10, and we're going to be starting in verse number 1. We're going to continue on, and uh, we're going to be talking about excellence. Everybody said excellence. Hallelujah. The Bible says this, And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. And there was not anything hid from the king, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom, and the house that he had built, and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and my eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. Happy are thy men. Happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. And I want to talk to us for a few moments here tonight about excellence in service. Excellence in service. Why don't you set your Bibles down? Let's lift up our hands one more time. There's a good spirit in the house of God here tonight. And I believe God wants to talk to us. God, I love you and I worship you. I'm thankful that you're the center of the church and you're the that we feel such freedom in this house, such liberty, God. We're so grateful for your presence, God, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We're grateful for it, God. Hallelujah, Lord. We're praying that you would give us ears to hear and a heart to respond and a life to live the Word of God. Hallelujah. Help me to minister it in the Word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, somebody give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shake your neighbor's hand. Greet them in the name of the Lord, and then you may be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's such a wonderful presence of the Lord in this house here tonight. I don't know if it's just the fact that God wanted to show up, we wanted him to show up, or the fact that the sun showed up the last few days, but it's good to be in the house of God on the first day of spring, and uh, hallelujah. And I will say this as a little uh, preface that uh, when the sun comes out, the people seem to disappear sometimes. But uh, I, I've learned that that it's just it's just something. It's it calls us. It calls people onto fishing boats and and all those different things. But let's remember to be faithful to the house of God. And uh, hallelujah, amen. Excellence in service. The Bible lets us know that Solomon was the one that built the temple. 
He was the one that built the church. But before he built the church, his father David had to accumulate the right materials. David spent every war, every battle, every victory preparing to build the house of God. And when he got all these materials together, he told his son Solomon, I'm not allowed to and I'm not able to build the house of God. But Solomon, I've given you everything you need to build the house of God. You see, it was a father that told his son, I have prepared everything for you to build the church right. Can I tell you here tonight that our Heavenly Father has given us everything we need to build His church properly. Amen. Our Heavenly Father has provided. He has paid for. It has already been purchased in His blood for us to build the church of the living God here on earth. And everything that was used, the Bible lets us know that there was gold, there was silver, there was bronze. And what was not provided by his father David, the Bible lets us know that there was a, a good sinner friend by the name of Hiram that provided lumber and provided other materials. And can I tell you that everything that was not already stored up, uh, God's got other preparations in place for us to get it. And can I tell you here today, we're not too worried about when it's going to show up. We're not too worried about when the provision will appear because we've already got precedence that when God goes to build his church, he's going to make sure everything shows up right in time. Oh, somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. And I just got to say this for a moment, that Hiram showed up in David's time and said, when you get ready to build the house of God, I'll be there to help. And then Solomon showed on the scene and for a while, he didn't build the house of God, and there was no word from Hiram. But the minute he made it up in his mind, I'm going to build the church, I'm going to build the house of God, Hiram showed up. And can I tell you, when the church gets one singular focus, that we are going to build the house of God, we are going to build the church of God. We're not going to get distracted. We don't got other pursuits in mind. Uh, we've got one focus. Uh, when we get that one focus right, uh, people will show up. Provision will show up. Everything we've got need of will show up. Can I tell somebody that's broke right now, when you make it up in your mind, I'm going to build the church. God says, I'll bring the provision your direction. When you make it up in your mind, I'm going to build the kingdom of God. God says, I got somebody over here that's going to bless you with a job, that's going to bless you with a raise. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I got provision you don't see right now, but you got to get your focus right on building the kingdom first. Because if you seek first the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness, all these other things, what other things? Blessing, favor. Somebody needs to say amen and say, Lord, be it unto me. Be it unto me. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody worship him. Somebody praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For somebody that provision will show up when we get our focus right I'm not looking for God to provide for me just so I can have a house on the hill and so I can have a yacht no I'm saying Lord I want to build your kingdom I want to build your house I, I'm telling you we've got to have the focus that's not looking towards other things but I'm seeking first the kingdom of God Amen. And, 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 and that's what will happen and I've seen it happen before, and I promise you, I'll see it happen again. God, there's some people that may never come to church. But when the church makes it up in their mind, with or without anybody else, we're going to build the church. There's some folks that may never come to the house of God, but I promise they'll be just as invested as some people that do go to church. Hallelujah. There's going to be some businessmen all across Carson City that's going to help us build a church here, help us build a church in Reno, help us build a church in Fallon. Come on. You've come too late to tell me it won't happen. I see it in the Bible, and I've seen it in my own life. God's got provision. We just got to get our focus. 
We just got to get our eyes on the prize. We're going to do something for God. We're going to build something for God. And, 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 and the Bible says that Solomon was given all these things. It was provided for him. And everything he used was excellent. Everything he used was quality. That's why we're going to have a church cleanup. Because we've got to make sure the church is quality. We've got to make sure the church is excellent. And, and, you know, some people say, well, we, we, we want to get to that next facility, and we will. I promise it will happen. Uh, but we've got to take care of what God has given to us now before he'll ever give us anything later. It, that's why we're going to have a declutter time. Hallelujah. Because we've got, to, you know, we've got a lot of space in the church we can't use because some folks got a storage space. And, and, and other departments we've got. Did you know we've got a couple storage units uh, that we can use? We'll move stuff out of the church so we can have more room for Sunday school kids. Come on. So we can have more room for people. Hallelujah. So. We've got to make sure everything's excellent, everything's quality, and that's what Solomon was doing. He took the ex, he took all of the things and began to build the building and begin to build the temple with excellence. He made the external excellent, but then he put it into the internal. He put it into all of the artifacts in the temple. They were overlaid with gold, silver, bronze, all of the utensils. But not just that. He didn't just get it in the internal of the building. He got that same mentality of excellence into the people. It was an attitude. It was a spirit of excellence that got a hold of everything. And it was when he got this taken care of, the external and the internal, the Bible says that the word got out. I preached about it on Sunday, that when it was noised abroad that Jesus was in the house, when there was a fame of him that went out throughout the land, people begin to show up. And can I tell the church that when we do our best and put our quality and put our excellence and say, Lord, we'll take care of the external. We'll wash the floors and we'll, we'll clean the walls. We'll do some touch-up of paint. But not only that, we ourselves, the internal, will get a spirit of excellence. When that happens, people begin to hear about it. Come on. People begin to hear about it, and they want to see if it's true. They want to see if it's a reality. They want to come and be a part of it. We have a responsibility to build the church both externally in the physical side and to build the church internally on the spiritual side. And when the word gets out, people will begin to flock into our doors. Hallelujah. Let me just prophesy. And, and, and it's not about, I'll tell you right now, some people go, why are you always talking about people coming? I'll tell you, because this is, we're in the soul-saving business. Hallelujah. Others are in the insurance business. Uh, we're in the blessed assurance business. Hallelujah. Others are into trying to sell some item and try to get somebody to get car insurance. But I'll tell you what, we're, we're trying to get some folks some fire insurance. Hallelujah. We're trying to make sure people make it all the way to heaven. So if we're trying to do that, we got to do it with excellence. And when that happened, the Bible says the queen of Sheba heard, and she had to come see it for herself. For those that would say, well, excellence doesn't matter. You've been preaching on it for the last four, four Wednesdays. Why does it matter? Because people are going to hear about it. People are going to hear about it. Amen. And, and she came. I want to talk about a few of the things that she saw. The Bible says she saw the wisdom of Solomon. Wisdom in everything that he did and everything that he had. She was able to notice wisdom, not just hear wisdom. And I'll tell you, there's people that will come into the house of God and they will take notice of our wisdom. In other words, everything was done with wisdom. In other words, everything was done intentionally. It was not done haphazardly. It was not just thrown together. Everything was intentional. Everything was in its proper place for a reason and for a purpose. Can I preach to somebody? The church is a wise place. The church is a wise place. 
I, I come to tell somebody when we come to the house of God, we come with intention. Everything we do in the house of God has got intention attached to it. You're sitting in that chair today. That chair was placed by intention. Amen. You walked in and you, you were able to come and have air conditioning on a warm day and heat on a cold day. I'll tell you why. That was intentional. And everything that's done, you had an usher shake your hand and smile as nice as possible and greet you. You know why? Because that was done with intention. And when people come in the house of God, they're going to see that. And the first thing that's going to ring true is that was wise. That was intentional. Somebody had some forethought. The Bible says she saw how he ascended or his ascent into the house of God. She saw how Solomon carried himself into church. I'm talking about intention here for a moment. Uh, he was going to church on purpose. Uh, can I preach to somebody for just a moment uh, that maybe you don't know why you came here tonight? Uh, I've come to let you know uh, you came to church, uh, but you got to come on purpose. I didn't just show up and just fake it till I make it. No, I showed up because I came with intention. I came with excellence. I came not just to be seen. No, I came to see him. I didn't just show up to church to just do something with my hour. No, I showed up to church to begin to worship God. I showed up to church... The Bible says she saw his ascent. Can I tell somebody, every time you come to church, it's an ascension. It's an elevation. Can I preach to you right now? You're an elevated people. People go down to the bar. People go down to the club. But anytime you come into God's presence, it's an ascension. It's an elevation. It's a promotion. And I'll tell somebody, uh, we didn't just come here uh, to fake it till we make it. No, uh, I came with intention. Uh, I came with purpose. Uh, I'm purposely going up. My family's going up. Uh, come on. Uh, my ministry's going up. Uh, my life's going up. Uh, my marriage is going up. Uh, everything, uh, it's intentional. It's on purpose. Uh, I'm going. Hallelujah. And the Bible says the Queen of Sheba noticed. His ascension. How do you come to church? See, I want to tell somebody how you come to church matters. Got to go to church again. Uh, we're just having fun here tonight. I hope this is all right for Wednesday night. Bob, just coming to church. I have to be there. The pastor might send me a nice little emoji. I got, oh, my goodness, another Wednesday night. And, and people come into the house of God, and they look like they sucked on a lemon for six months. But I tell you what, when I come in the house of God, I square my shoulders because I realize I'm not going before the president. I'm not going before a senator. I'm going into the presence of the king. Hey, not everybody's got access to royalty, and so I'm going to come to church, and it might take a little hike. I might have to walk upwards. Hey, man, my day might have been down, but I'm going to square my shoulders, and I'm going to come on purpose. I'm going to worship on purpose. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Oh, lift up your hands and let's magnify him. Come on, you, you came all this way, but I want to let you know it might have been hard for you to get here, but it was an ascension. It was an elevation. It was a promotion in your life uh, to come to the house of God. So how you come matters because God takes notice of it, but so does everybody else. And if you show up to church, and listen, I know how life goes. The boss beats you down. Life beats you down. The bill collectors beat you down. And, and you want to come to church defeated. But can I just put a plug? That's what the prayer room's for. Because you can walk in one way, down and defeated and distraught and in distress. And just like David's mighty men, you might be in debt and all sorts of things go wrong. But you can hit that prayer room. Come on, you can begin to talk with Jesus, and all of a sudden he says, son, lift up your head. You're coming into my presence. Daughter, square your shoulders. You're coming into my presence. You might have had a hard week. Life might have been tough, but at least you're in the presence of the king. Oh, somebody give him praise. 
you gotta you gotta have intention. You gotta have purpose when you come to church. If you have somebody talk to you about church, and, or you're talking to somebody about church, and well, where do you go? Well, and you're you're ashamed to come in the house of God. You're not gonna be a very good witness. Hey, I I I'm not afraid to say, man, you missed out. You should have seen what God did on. Sister, Sister Lindsay got baptized on Sunday. So lives are being changed. People are being delivered. People are being healed. People are being set free. You don't know what you just missed out on. Hey, I don't tell that to church folk. I tell that to sinners uh, that they don't even know. They think church is a dude with a backwards collar uh, doing all sorts of humming. No, you got to come to the real apostolic church. This is exciting. This is powerful. This is life-changing. I'll tell people, man, you, I'll tell the barista or the baristo, man, you missed out. Whoa, what, did I, what happened? Oh, no, you, you don't want to hear about it. Oh, you know, just this happened. Oh, that sounds exciting. People will see how you come to the house of God. People will see your preparation of how you come into the house of God. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart and hath not lifted up his soul to vanity. We've got to have our heart right. We've got to have our spirit right. And we've got to realize that when we're coming into God's presence, it's an elevation. She noticed that. Then she noticed the meat of his table. She noticed the excellence, the quality, the abundance the fullness above and beyond, not just rations and bare minimums, not just, just scraps off of the master's plate. But she came in, she saw portions that would blow your mind. She saw quality that would make all of us starving hungry right now. And can I tell you that, that when we're talking about excellence in service, we've got to provide something to this world that is of quality, that is of abundance. The Bible says we've got fullness of joy in God's presence. Hey, we're not rationing this thing out to anybody. When somebody comes in the house of God, we're not saying, well, here's, here's, a, little, here's a little drip of God's spirit. You could just, you just have a little bit, and I'm going to make somebody mad. Uh, you, you could just have a little bit. No, the Bible says, out of their belly shall flow droplets. No, rivers. It's going to flow. There's going to be a well inside you. I want people to know, David put it this way, my cup runneth over my cup. I get in the presence of God and something begins to happen. It's abundance. It's quality. It's excellence. There's more than enough. Anybody like that? He's more than enough. People will notice when the church says, well, that's why we don't come to church and worship half-heartedly. Well, we're just going to give a scrap a portion. No, the Lord is my portion. And let me tell you, the Lord's a pretty big portion. And my cup runs over. And I've got more than enough. And I want to tell somebody, he leads me beside still waters. He read it here today. He does all these great things for me. I'm never without. I shall not want. There's no want when you come in the presence of God. There's not looking for something else when you come in the presence of God. It's more than enough for what you need. She noticed, and this is how servants in the house of God have got to be. How can I provide more than enough? How can I give more than enough? The Bible says that Rebecca got water for all of ten camels of Eliezer before they came, after they came on a long journey. And she made sure they all had finished filling up. She was not looking just to get a little glass of water they say that the average camel after a long journey can consume 400 gallons of water. In other words, this little lady, she wasn't waiting for some man to come do the job, wasn't waiting for somebody else to pick up the slack and do it for her. No, she had the spirit of a servant, and she carried 400 gallons of water from a well just to feed some, just to give somebody else's camels a drink of water. Can I preach to the church? If we're going to serve this community, we've got to have that kind of mentality that 
that says, I will give, I will give, I will give, I will spend, I will spend, I will I'll keep on going. Everybody else might have stopped at four gallons, five gallons, 300 gallons, but I'll go until everybody in my city's full. I'll go until everybody in my community's full. I Come on, you got to have the mindset of an abundant servant. There's an abundance of rain. There's an abundance of God's presence. There's an abundance of God's mercies. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's praise him for a moment. Come on. We're going to be excellent in service, and that means providing abundance. That means providing excellence. That means going above and beyond. Hallelujah. The Bible says that she saw that meat, and it was excellent. There was something about, you know, I, I, I told this before, but when we, when we showed up, we, we, had a, we had a youth thing here at the church. Was at the Death Ridge's home, and we were picking up drinks, and we were going to grab some stuff, and 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 I told my wife was just going to grab some some Fago or some I don't even know what she's going to grab, and and no shame or fault on her. I said, do not grab that. Oh, I said, you grab the Dr Pepper, you go and you grab that, you go grab the Mountain Dew, not Mr Thunder. We need to do with a doctorate, you know what I mean? We we got a. We got a lot of young people that need a doctor. Hallelujah. And, and, and I said, no, we're, we're, we're not about to give the young people less than quality, less than excellent. We're not about to give the church less than quality and less than excellent. I'll tell you why. Because then they start feeling like they are a knockoff brand and an imitation. But I've come to let you know the church of the living God is not a knockoff brand. We're not an imitation. We're the real thing. And I would hate for somebody's even subconscious to feel like they're less than God's best. So I said, no, we're going to do it in the little things. And when people show up, I don't care if it's a potluck. It doesn't matter what we're doing. When people show up hungry, we got to give our all. we got to give our best. we got to give our excellent and let them know you're not coming into something that's worse than what you got. You're coming into something that's better. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Amen. I think Dr. Pepper sales just went up by 25% after this message. But it really is. It's a mindset. And if you don't get that mindset and feel like it's good enough, I'm telling you, you're going to miss it. And when she came, if, if Solomon would have said, eh, it's all right. Let's just, eh, let's get the, let's get the, the, the C-grade meat. No, he said, bring out the best. When visitors come in the house of God, I want us to bring our best. I'm telling you because we want to see people saved. Hallelujah. Then the Bible says she saw the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers. In other words, she noticed that they sat with excellence. They sat on the edge of their seat ready to serve. They were attentive to the needs of their guests. They weren't, they weren't just spaced out, staring at the wall, watching a fly go around the room. No, they were on the edge of her seat. And some people, well, they weren't going to notice. They, they won't really care. I'm telling you, people are going to come to the house of God. The Queen of Sheba was not a child of God. She wasn't from Israel. She was from another country. And she came in to God's house. She came among God's people. And she said, there's something different about your ministers. In other words, ministers is a word for servant. There's something different about your servants. They're sitting on the edge of their seat. Can I preach to somebody? We've got to be on the edge of our seat looking for an opportunity to serve. I'm not looking for an opportunity to escape from service. No, I'm ready. I'm waiting. I'm looking for a shot. I'm looking for a chance. Where can I be used in the house of God? Where can I serve in God's kingdom? How can I invest myself into God's house? Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Come on, let's praise him. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him. Come on. We've got to be attentive. We've got to be ready to serve. We've got to be ready to go. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. She saw the attendance, the attentiveness. And I'll just put a flag. It's probably out of context, but the attendance. You've got to show up. Hallelujah. Some people think, well, I don't matter. You'd be wrong. Because somebody's watching you. What would have happened? I'll just put a flag out there, probably out of context, but I'll say it anyways. What would have happened if the queen of Sheba would have showed up and all the servants decided to take a day off? No usher in the back. No sound man. No singers. No preacher. No, no minister. No, no nothing. And they showed up, and they're ready to receive something because they've had a long journey. They've had a long way, and nobody shows up. Would have been a different story. But they were attentive. They were there. They were ready. Galatians 5 and 13 says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Don't use your liberty as an, as, as, as an opportunity to go out and do whatever you want. But he said this, But by love serve one another. Let me say that again. By love, serve one another. I know I'm preaching a lot about guests, but can I put a plug in for this? Everybody in the church ought to be looking for an opportunity to serve one another. In love. He said, in love, you got to be looking to serve one another. Jesus put it this way, by your love one for another shall they know that you are my disciples. We've got to look for opportunities. How, God, can I serve my brother? We've got to be careful. The Bible says in the last days, people are going to depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They shall be lovers of their own selves. If you're always looking for uh, somebody to come and serve you, you are, you are listening to the wrong voices in this generation. But... but let me just tell you what the Bible says about Jesus. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then it continues on in verse number 7 and says that he took upon him the form of a servant. Well, I, I don't really need to serve. Every person in the church is called to serve. Well, I'll just leave that up to the ushers, and I'll leave that up to the preacher, and I'll leave that up to everybody else. No, 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 no. Even Jesus said, uh, I could come as a ruler. I could come as a dictator. I could come as a warrior. But no, when I come to earth, I'm going to come as a helpless baby. I'm going to take upon me the form. Come on, not of a great preacher, a great orator, everything. No, he said, I'm coming uh, to take upon me the form uh, of a servant. Uh, and can I tell somebody, uh, he said, let this mind. Uh, servanthood uh, is a mindset. Uh, it's got to get in every individual. Uh, it's got to go from the pulpit to the pew. Uh, everybody that walks into the church uh, is baptized in his name. Uh, we've got to get the mindset uh, of servitude. Uh, how can I serve? my brother oh somebody lift up your hands come on hallelujah lift up your hands and let's magnify him I'm closer to being done than you think but let's I feel a good spirit in the house of God here tonight there's some people that they've been waiting for an opportunity. I want to serve. I want to serve. How can I serve? How can I be a part? Hallelujah. We've got to have the mind of Jesus. And Jesus said it this way. He said that whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. He said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. I want to know when you came to church here tonight, what mentality did you have? I'll tell you what, I came to the house of God, and I know sometimes the preacher with the mic gets all the, all the, all the bright lights and gets all the kudos as if uh, they somehow reign over everybody. But I'll tell you why I'm the pastoring the church here. I didn't come here for you to serve me. I came to serve you. 
I know that's probably not very popular. I traveled around the country long enough to find a lot of preacher princes. I didn't come to be one of those. I'm saying, God, you're sending me to Carson. How can I serve? How can I serve? I'm on duty. And I'm telling you, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, you don't look for the top. You look for the bottom. You don't look for... You don't look for what looks like greatness. You say, Lord, I'll go down to the very bottom. Jesus said, I'll wash your nasty feet. And if I, being your Lord, wash your feet, what should you do one for another? Church, a spirit of servanthood has got to be coupled with the spirit of excellence. I'm looking, God, how can I serve? When I come to church, I'm not looking to receive. No, I'm looking, how can I give? The mentality's got to be there. If the church will ever go to the level God really wants it, that's the mentality. That's the mentality that elevates the church. Well, God, we'll wait for somebody else to show up and start serving us. Nope, the church will never grow that way. It will never be elevated. But the minute we say, God, how can we serve our community? Hey, it may not always look super spiritual. It may not always seem like we're doing a whole lot. Amen. But I'll tell you, we ought to look for every opportunity. How can we serve our neighbors? Maybe it's an old lady that needs her lawn mowed. I know that doesn't sound very spiritual to some folks. Maybe it's somebody that's in need of this, that, or the other. How can I serve them? How can I find an opportunity? Can I tell you why we were saved? We weren't saved to be served. We were saved to serve. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. We were saved uh, to serve. Uh, God saved you because he's got a purpose for you. God saved you because he's got a plan for you. Uh, and it always starts uh, with service. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We've got to be servants. We've got to be servants. Let me just finish this. The Bible says she saw their apparel. How I dress for church doesn't matter. Yes, it does. When I came to church, I thought the very thing, how I come doesn't matter. I preached about that last time. I'm not going to go too in detail. But we can, we can notice she said it was excellent. You could tell it was probably washed, ironed, cleaned, first class. Anybody ever, raise your hand, anybody ever rode in first class on an airplane? Am I the only one? Okay, that might be, maybe we need to send some folks on a flight. Okay. Anybody ever ate at a five-star restaurant? Okay, thank you. If not, we're going to have to take a church trip and do a fundraiser. That actually is some people's issue. They've never been to a higher level. And because, well, because uh, they've never seen it, they don't think it's possible and it's not necessary. But I promise you, you've ever been to those, you walked away with an experience you'll never forget. What happened? That servant was, sir, can I get you another, another glass of water with a lemon? I'll peel the lemon. They'll peel grapes for you because they're trying to, are you comfortable? Is that, here, let me give you a pillow for this little tiny seat that reclines about that much that we're going to wake you up in the middle of the flight and make you, okay, anyways, doesn't matter if you're first class or coach, you get the same seating. But they come by, sir, are you doing okay? Ma'am, you doing all right? When people come in the church, we ought to give them first class service. Visitors and saints. Well, I don't like Brother So-and-So. Shake the hand just like you would a million-dollar man. Good to see you. You're a saint of God. Oh, somebody give him praise. When you come to church, it's an ascension. Come with some pride. Come with some dignity. Come and say, you know what? I'm going to give my very best that I have. Maybe your best is sneakers. Give God your sneakers until God blesses you with more. When you walk into a first-class situation, there is everything, there is everything excellent. She noticed it. She noticed their apparel. I've talked with Brother Machado. We've talked about this. We're getting some more ushers and greeters on board, and I promise it's going to blow your mind. We talked about uh, uh, fundraising and getting them some nice suit coats and, and whatever the case. Well, that's not necessary. I'll tell you what, it may not be necessary, but I want you to know this is a first-class church. And you know what? People ought to come in this building and say, why are you still in here? You guys belong in the biggest building in the city. I don't know why you guys are still here. You're the most excellent. 
I hope Hiram visits the church and says, you guys have come past this mountain long enough. Let's get you to the other side. But it starts with the mentality right here. She saw his cupbearers. Again, they were attentive. But you know what a cupbearer does? They are continually pouring out to fill others. They are givers, not takers. Can I preach to somebody? A spirit of excellence is when you say, God, give me an opportunity to pour out. Give me an opportunity to pour out. And it was a cupbearer's job. Yea, it was their lifestyle. They always poured out. They always poured out. Can I tell you how grateful I am for every servant in the church of the living God? That every service, they're not looking for an opportunity to sit back and collect. Although sometimes that happens. And we receive from the Lord blessings and favor. But they come in the house of God. And they're saying, Lord, give me an opportunity where I can be a giver. Give me an opportunity where I can pour out of myself into somebody else. Where I I can pray for somebody else. I can give to somebody else. I can work with somebody else. Come on, somebody. Can I, I can worship with somebody else. I want to have that opportunity to be a cupbearer in the house of God. That's just all you do is pour into me so I can pour out into others. She saw the cupbearers. Jesus was, was telling some servants. His mother looked at them and says, whatever he tells you to do, just do it you got to be obedient to Jesus if you're going to be a cupbearer. And Jesus told them to fill up the water pots to the brim and then take and to pour it out to the governor of the feast. In other words, serving is a lifestyle of pouring out. We are saved to serve, and we are meant to be people that are always giving, giving, giving. Jesus said, if you got one coat, somebody asked for it, give them your cloak also. They hit you on one cheek, you turn the other. In other words, what's he saying? You're a people that's giving. You're a pe- they might take from you, but keep on giving. They might hit you, but keep on giving. Give them opportunities to misuse you. Give them opportunities to mistreat you. Give them opportunities. Oh, come on. I'm preaching. He said, pray for those which despitefully use you. Can I preach to somebody about being a Christian? Being a Christian means you serve. Being a Christian means you give. Being a Christian says you just don't stop when everybody else quits. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. And magnify him. Let's stand all across the building and let's praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I hope this is helping somebody here today. If you take this principle, you can apply it to every area of your life. You can take this to your job. You can take this to your classroom. You can take this to your business. You can take this to your neighborhood. You can take this to your house. You can take this to the bank. Hallelujah. But you know what? Being a cupbearer is not always easy. Being a servant is not always easy. You know why? You're always giving and everybody's taking. But you know what you got to do? I'm not waiting for somebody else to pour in my cup. I I, I, I like it way uh, I got Sister Rodriguez. Wonderful job with the Sunday school. Anybody love what they're doing with the Sunday school? I love it. I love it. They're just chock full of ideas and always moving forward. They're first-class people, and they're making sure our kids have a first-class Sunday school to go to. I appreciate that. I do. But you know what? I got her in contact with Sister Reed, my home church's Sunday school director, hopefully give a, a little more assistance, a little more help. And, and, and Sister Reed told me on the phone, told her the same thing on the, on the phone. You know, the biggest struggle that we find in churches uh, with Sunday school and other departments is people go, I don't want to miss my Sunday. And it's the selfish nature of man. You know what Sister Reed told us? She said, go home and make yourself a sandwich. Make yourself a ham sandwich, spiritually speaking. But I need to be there. The, pre- the preacher can teach me, preach to me. No. Monday through Saturday, make yourself a sandwich. You know why? 
Because when we come on Sunday, I'm not coming looking for, for, for somebody to give and put into me. No, I've come all week, been preparing all week, getting ready all week that I might pour into somebody else. And you know what? There's times where I feel empty. There's times where I feel burned out. And you know what I do? I go back to the source and I say, God, my cup's empty. I need you to make it run over again. My cup is run dry. Let it run over. I'm hungry. I need a ham sandwich, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus was Jewish. I don't know if he'd do a ham sandwich, but Paul put it this way. For though I be free from all men, yet I have made myself servant to all that I might gain the more. Translators didn't want to use this word. For that word servant, it's the word slave. Unpaid. Overworked. Underappreciated. Sometimes you get a whip on your back. But he said, I might be free, but I have dedicated my life as a servant of Jesus Christ that I'm going to serve everybody else. Why? I'll tell you why. Because it's not always about us. And I'll tell you right now, there's a whole city that's looking for what we got. I'll say that again because somebody didn't hear me in the back. There's a whole city, a whole region that is begging for what we got. Somebody's got to say, you know what? If nobody else will, I'll serve them. I'll tell you, ARC, that's the next level right there. Th that right there, that's, hey, I'm telling you right now, we, we can focus on the building and that's going to happen, but you know what? We got to focus on the people first. Right there. If we get the mentality of servitude that says, God, whatever I got to do to win somebody, whatever I got to do to affect my region, to affect my city, to affect my church, I want to do it. Let's lift our hands and let's pray. I feel the power of God in this house. There are servants in the house of God. Your cups run dry. But today, he says, I want your cup to, to run over. Because as you pour out, I pour into you. As you pour out, I pour into you. As you give, it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Oh, somebody pray. Oh, somebody pray all across this building. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. God's inviting some folks to go to another level of service. God, I have served you in this capacity, that capacity. Lord, I want to do it more excellently than I ever have. I want to be a more excellent servant than I've ever been. Maybe maybe you've never had the opportunity to serve in God's kingdom. I want to welcome you tonight to God's service, to come and to be a part of the greatest thing. No demand. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? Come on, let's come and pray. This is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for somebody to say, God, I want to be the most excellent servant. I'm not looking for my name to be on a flyer. I'm not waiting for a mic to hit my hand. How can I serve? How can I be a part? And through doing that, God will open up opportunities. God will open up doors. God will bless your life like never before. Come on, let's lift up our hands and let's pray. I want to be a servant, God. Paul said, I'm the servant of Jesus Christ. Peter said, I'm the servant of Jesus Christ. Titus and Timothy were the servants of Jesus Christ. If it's good enough for the apostles and disciples to be servants, I want to be one too. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. You can use anything, Lord.
Touch my heart, Lord, sweet. 